In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready, adventurer, and as always, we apologize for the inconvenience. Hi, I'm Steven. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. And we have in studio with us right now the one, the only, legendary Miss Rachel Mosman. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Thanks for coming. Welcome Thank to you the for show. Having me on. Absolutely. Now you are, in terms of your day job, the the photo archivist for the Oklahoma History Center, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Um. Well, I've been there for eight years, and um, there are two of us in my area, and we manage ten point two million photos. Um, Holy cow! From um, all over the state, communities all over the state, communities that I haven't even heard of until I dig them out and I discover them. Um, and then we have, um, I think most of them that we have are gelatin silver prints because that was a really popular process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a lot of flexible base negatives and um, slide mounted negatives and um, 35 millimeters, glass plates, and I found a um, an image on porcelain the other day, on Did white you know? porcelain. Yeah, so you never know what you're gonna find. You know, you work on this stuff every day and then you dig something out that's... Like a, a photographic image on white porcelain? Yeah, yeah, instead of like, um, like with an amber type, it's on glass. Instead of glass, it's, it's on porcelain, okay. yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And the um, earliest image that we have there is of um, Dwight Mission, in 1843. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I used that to go to a summer camp there. Yeah. yeah. I'll be doing Presbyterian summer camp. It's the Presbyterian, yeah. it was a boarding school for boys. I've seen t shirts of it, but I didn't know it was still. It's yeah. still there. It's pres- the and Presbytery how, owns it. How old is the image you were just saying? 1843. It's a daguerreotype. Well, it was uh, Dwight Mission was an uh, Indian school initially. Yes. It was, yeah. Mm hmm. And then yeah, now it's it was bought by the what Presbytery. Was, what was the image? Of? Was it their uh, their ad building? Do you remember? It's really hard to see it, but it's like a little, yeah. um, it's like a little building. I mean, you can't really tell much from it. It's probably that there's and that building I think is is still there. They've the, actually got that um, on their grounds as like a, a little museum, and it's got a lot of stuff neat. from the original school. That's crazy. Um, they even have some kind of like I think printing press in there as well that they had used wow. in the school to print like a little newsletter on. So that's one of the earliest images in the archives. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And um, photography was patented in um, 1839. Mm-hmm. So that's wow. how soon it got to so, Oklahoma. That's crazy. I'm, I'm pulling up Dwight Mission here. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Because the the girl who or the lady who runs Dwight Mission now. Um, was a friend of mine. We went back to in the day. We went, she went to Dwight Mission with us, and then I ended up going to UCO with her. She's a UCO graduate, uh, Allison Beavers. Yeah. Now, and that's a beautiful place too. She would probably love to receive a copy of that if they don't already have mm-hmm. it. But could we get a copy of that picture and like yeah. send it to them? Yeah, 
and like I said, awesome. you can't you can't really make out very well um, what they it is you're looking you, at. They may be able to tell you what building it is. Maybe so. It's kind of fuzzy, but you can still tell it's a building, and then there are trees around it. Mm -hmm. So, so your job, in a weird way, has become. It seems like to me, or maybe maybe in our world, we kind of push this a little bit, but it seems like it's become really significant as of late because mm -hmm. Oklahoma City is going through another one of these sort of development yes. explosions. Yes. Which is very similar to something that happened back in the 70s, 80s with urban renewal. Mm -hmm. But now, maybe, maybe, hopefully, we're handling things a little bit better with a little more grace and intelligence mm -hmm. and respect for the past. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel like um, our role is... Um, partly is to is to educate i mean that's that's a big part of our role is to educate and i want people to see the photos the way i saw them when i first began to dig into those collections the first collection i worked on was um the hillerman collection which is what you can see down at the heart building yeah, um, that's a fantastic most of those are are by they're by zp myers um who's a commercial photographer um and just took these photos of downtown oklahoma city um and I, the story unfolded for me about the history of downtown, and I got interested in the history when I began to ask, where did these buildings go? And you look at downtown so, you look at each building and each space so much uh, differently once you've seen the photograph of it. Yes, you do. Yeah, because yeah, you, look, you look in detail at the architecture and the, you know, it really opens your eyes. Well, and a lot of buildings lately that have been started to be redeveloped, and at least the ones that we're preserving, they're they're discovering like what happened on Twenty Third Street when they started doing the rise. You know, they started to they had all these renderings and concepts of what it was going to look like and how mm -hmm. they were going to renovate it, and they started to strip off these facades, and they revealed mm -hmm. that the original mm -hmm. design, the original like rock work and stuff, and all the the details that were put in these Art Deco eras and things were still there. And then that forced them to say, well, wait a minute, we need to rethink where we were going with this because now we can incorporate this mm -hmm. this history. And mm -hmm. it results in places like, you know, the pump and Pizzeria Gusto. Like I was looking at Pizzeria Gusto the other day because I hadn't thought about it in a while, but to see them use the signage that was originally there. And I think they even went through and preserved what was underneath there and just put on top because they were like, we know right. that mm -hmm. 20 years from now, somebody might own this building and might want mm -hmm. that back what's even more amazing is I, you know living over there i was very familiar with what that building looked like before pizzeria gusto was put in there what was it called it was uh, bora Paseo, bora or something Paseo Paseo underground Paseo Paseo underground what thought process led people to put the crap over that original stuff that was there they're well, like what can we do to make this building look worse well and let's the put just a bunch of brick over it and paint it that perfect example is still right across the street from the drake the the i don't know what the name of the place is but it was called the stoplight building because it Christ was christina chikoraski called it that yeah because it was red yellow and green and it used to be a vz's drug right and actually i think it was a picture i saw on your twitter you account did. you yeah, posted, you posted that. a picture of that corner mm -hmm. and you can see the old it was like i think was that the original vz's there was one of the original vz's drugs and there was this them. really Beautiful, it's a beautiful building work, and I sit here and I stare at that building today, and I'm like, I bet if you strip this facade off, a lot of that's still underneath there. Mm -hmm. And how much better would it look to just? I mean, it's just like plywood stuck mm -hmm. up there that was painted a crappy color, and it's like, that's a, why is that better? Have you, than have this you come cool across picture? anything that would kind of 
shed some light over what made people make those decisions? Was it just kind of following the times? Was that the design that people like to see? I don't know, but I find tons of examples. Like there's um there's a theater called the Bison and Shawnee on Main Street and it was covered in um this oh what is it? The metal like corrugated metals? Yeah, and it seemed like they did a lot of that. But it also seems like people lately have been asking, what does my building look like underneath that? Mm-hmm. Right. So. Well, and that exact same the concept building? is the U-Haul building right here. <laughs> yes. Which, oh, like, talk about pet peeve. Like, so there was a fire there. Right. And it forced them to strip off literally half of the corrugated metal that's on this building. And it revealed the original facade was still there. The original windows were still there. All of it. I mean, there was even some signage that was still intact. And it was like, okay, U-Haul, you have this opportunity now. You just stripped it off. You're having to refurbish the building anyway. Bring back the glory of this cool building. And instead, they slapped more corrugated metal and painted it beige again. And it was like, what? there you go. Where, where an- is the, the mentality? And I, I think there's a practicality maybe behind it because there's a lot of glass in that building and hail and all the crazy stuff that we have in Oklahoma. Maybe corrugated metal holds up better and they don't have to think about it as much but I don't know it's that's an amazing building too it is what was the, it would what be was gorgeous. the name of, I always forget the name it's the Eiton Biscuit Company ah, the Biscuit Company that's right Biscuit Eiton. Company mm-hmm. so you pick up a lot of information about these old buildings in Oklahoma City buildings that mm-hmm. no longer exist or still exist mm-hmm. that you learn a lot of this history about and mm-hmm. um you've kind of become this person that yeah people will come to to get photos from for work like you know steve lackmeyer bradley Wynn, when they write their books you yes. know they'll, they'll come to you for help and or when make cornet made his film or, yeah yes. so mm-hmm. you have access to to all of this history that a lot of people may not be aware of um that exists are there other places where people can go and see some of the work that you've done or some of the photos that you preserved you know like at the heart building or mm-hmm. anything like that um you mean projects that I've produced or that I've helped people produce? Um, yeah, anything along those lines where like we can go and access, you know, and see some of these old photos and get an idea of... Gosh, there's so much. But um, that's why I started uh, the Twitter account um, so that I could share what I what I find. Immediately after I find it, I can say, look, guys, this is really exciting. What's the Twitter account? Um, it's Rachel Mosman. So it's at Rachel Mosman? At R underscore Elivibus. Okay. <laughs> so that's at R underscore E-L-I-V-A-B-U-S? Yes. Elivibus. So, so that's whatever. your personal Twitter account you share this stuff on. It's not a, a, a directly affiliated with OHS. Right, right. And no, I've seen some awesome stuff that you post on there. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I, and I even goaded you kind of early. I was like, yes, go and post more stuff on there. Like, we all want to see it. I, I found some... I, I've been going through some stuff that my predecessor left behind that wasn't necessarily um, organized in a meaningful way. And I pulled these slides out, these mounted slides, and they say uh, 23rd Street. I think it was Northwest 23rd. Mm -hmm. And it has these old 1920s. I think that's the year of the vehicle. Uh, these old 1925 20s cars driving down the street wow. so and i can't wait to show you guys those i can't oh, wait to look at them myself awesome. so yeah, <laughs> yeah. there are about a dozen of those so you get to go into work every day and just look at these old photos that are coming in mm-hmm. and and archive those yeah 
Do you uh, now speaking of that? Do you receive a lot of incoming stuff, like people finding old stuff and sending it in, or is it mostly just you have these collections that just maybe haven't seen the light of day for a couple of decades? It's it's both. Yeah, we have um, we have collections coming in um, a lot, but it's usually of old stuff. It's usually not the newer stuff. Hmm. Is this like people just? I found this shoebox in my grandma's attic when she passed away, and sometimes, yeah, a lot of the times. That's freaking awesome! Well, now, one of the places where you can see some some very beautiful large prints of old photographs is the the tunnels under downtown, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, um, the underground. My first project um, with OHS was um, I worked with Elliot and Associates uh, with. Um, revitalizing the underground Mm -hmm. and that project actually won an award but those are photos that um that i provided for them that was very exciting i love going down there and just we go we'll walk over there sometimes for lunch from from bricktown and go into the tunnels and just i can get lost just staring at these pictures and then trying to like look at them and orient myself to where that is nowadays because some of those down there are like you see oklahoma four weeks after the land run kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, there's just a bunch of like covered wagons and Mm -hmm. weird dirt roads scrawled in. But Mm -hmm. oh, look, that's Main Street now. Or like when you go into the carriage house at the Overholster Mansion and they have a picture of when it was finished and it it looks like the Overholster Mansion is just like out on the prairie, Mm -hmm. you know? And now it's in the, you know, obviously the middle of the neighborhood with a bunch of trees. The same thing with Belle Isle when Mm -hmm. you see photos of Belle Isle. Another project that's coming up is the 89er Trail. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be, there are trail markers, um, in different areas that are significant around Oklahoma city. So you could kind oh, of do cool. your own tour. Yeah. So of like the original land run markers of the land run. Is- well, well, of that indicate, um, points in our history that are okay. of importance. Uh, to back up a little bit for people that aren't aware, how do you access the tunnels under Oklahoma city? How do you get into the underground? Where is that? That those entrances, specific buildings, right? Yeah, and if you if you're actually just on the street level downtown, those buildings do have some sort of signage out front that says underground. Um, I think they're even color coded based on the color mm-hmm. coding system of the tunnels. But I know you can get in there through the Cox Center parking garage. Yeah, um, you can get in there through Leadership Square, um, the OG and E building. I think they're just all. It's so weird that it's it's. And what all is in the underground? Like, what all is in those tunnels? Each tunnel has a different um, theme. Mm-hmm. So you'll have the banking history and... Uh, let me see. I haven't been on, down there in a while. Um, the banking history, the political history. Um, I think there's, like, a like a federal government history or, or something, mm-hmm. but it has the different, okay. different themes in different tunnels. And they'll also have a different color. Like, I think yeah. financial is green, Okay. Yeah. Um, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Money's green, right? And then uh, besides <laughs> that stuff, <laughs> there's... Money. Yeah, we don't have money. I don't know what money looks like. <laughs> I know. It's been a while. I don't know. Money is just the text on my <laughs> banking app. That's true. <laughs> but there are stores down there. There are little restaurants, cafes, really? shops, offices down there. I mean, when you go to the Chase Building... Oh, the Chase Building is another one, for example, yeah. that you can get to. Because the actual like public bank lobby is down in the tunnel. Okay. Like, it's not on the first floor right. of the bank it's on the underground floor. well then they do um showings or projects in there what it was it ovac that hosted the 125 the 125 oh there's yeah. a gallery uh, one hall that's dedicated for a gallery a gallery space 
Wow. Yeah, they're yeah, doing so that, that was how I got introduced to the tunnels was we went to that installation and I think Paul Mays had some photographs in it and mm-hmm. other friends of ours. So that was a cool way to get introduced to it because local restaurants and coffee shops had donated stuff. So you'd walk around the tunnels, look at pictures, and there's food and coffee everywhere. And it's but a cool that, experience. Underground is one of those things in Oklahoma City that doesn't seem to get a lot of attention, mm-hmm. but it's a really cool thing to just wander around yeah. down there, especially to look at these pictures because... I have stood in front of one picture in there for just like 20 minutes going, okay, wait, where is this? And turning my head, trying to think, okay, no, wait, that's <laughs> north. So, uh-huh. And I, what I wish that I could share with everyone is that you might see that photo, but that's the best of, the, of all of the versions of that photo. But then if you saw the other photos from that account, you would say, oh, well, that's cool too because now you can see this other building right. wow I've never seen that building before what is this and so you start to ask questions and even now it's such an odd feeling when you pull something out when you pull out a photo and you find some architecture a piece of architecture that you've never seen before and it used to exist here it used to be part of the city or it might still be it's just covered up yeah or it's in a part of town that's not active anymore or it's been dilapidated right. to a point that it's like and oh, sometimes you'll see a photo and you'll mm-hmm. say, I know where that is, but you can't place it. And the other day, it's um, north of the Blue Note. Uh-huh. There's some architecture there that I see it all the time, but I never pay attention to it, really. Um, but I always see in photos this this building around the 23rd Street area. And um, so I was driving on the highway the other day and I looked over and I saw that building and I said, that's where I see it. That's where I see, I see that building all the time in photos, but there it is. And wow. I passed it all the time, but I just never noticed. And you finally made the connection. Yeah. That's well, like you're saying with the Overholster mansion. If you'd never been there now and you've never seen it and you just saw the original picture, you would probably do a triple take if you were driving through heritage right. Hills and saw it. You're like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. That's that house from that picture. It looks like they moved it. But, but it used to be in this big field. How is it now in this neighborhood? And it's because of all the time it was built. There was well, no it's also like yeah. looking at old pictures of Belle Isle, which I saw one of those the other day, like seeing the big lake and the amusement park and now trying to wrap your brain around like this is where this is where the Walmart is now and Chili's. And, and you ask why. You always uh, ask why. Why did they get rid of that, that lake? Why did they... Did you know supposedly no Lon Chaney here? Jr. was dipped in that lake when he was born? Have you ever heard that? That's Baptismally true. or... No, so uh, Lon Wait, Chaney... What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> Baptismally? No, no. Wait. In a weird way. So here's the story I heard, and I do not remember where I heard it, but Lon Chaney Jr.'s father was Lon Chaney, mm-hmm. and he was a traveling vaudevillian performer, and they were in Oklahoma City when his wife went into labor, and the baby came and out like stillborn, and I don't know if there, why they were near the lake. I don't know if there was a hospital near there at the time or why he would have the newborn there. But the saying is, is that Lon Chaney Jr. came out stillborn, and Lon Chaney ran down to Belle Isle Lake and just dipped him in the freezing water and pulled him out, and the baby like went Achilles, like dunked started him in the breathing. Water. Yeah. I have no idea if that's true, but that's when I heard that story, I was like, I don't care if it's true. I wonder if they were performing at someplace in the amusement park or something. Like, Oh, yeah, I doubt. There was an amusement park there, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe she yeah. just went into labor right there at the amusement park, and... So there you go. Hmm. So Lon Chaney Jr. has an Achilles heel. Literally. (laughs) If there's any validity to that story. (laughs) That would be a great picture to come across if somebody just happened to take a photo of him doing that. He's like grinning (laughs) grinning, holding the baby. (laughs) 
So that's. Do you have pictures of the Belle Isle amusement park? Have you come across those? I do have some. Yeah, I would like to see that. And I came across um, kind of a map overview. I have a volunteer who's been working on um, some of the Belle Isle stuff in one of the collections, and they're actually glass plates. But there's kind of this map area, so we could get an idea of what direction we were looking and what was mm-hmm. where. I can never get enough, though, because we might have some of Belle Isle, but the questions continue, well, what was over here, and wasn't there this, wasn't there that? So it, it feels like the story isn't ever completely complete. You know, right. like your questions aren't entirely answered, but that's why it's fun to be part of a community who can all ask questions and answer yeah. questions. Do you think there's ever going to be a moment in the future where these over 10 million photos that you guys have can all be somehow collected online and we can go to and I can spend like all day on a website just geeking out and looking at all these old photos of Oklahoma City well we do have um, the Oklahoman collection the Oklahoman photo morgue that's Mm -hmm. on um, the gateway catalog um, okay. Yeah, and that is a great, it's a great catalog. And how does one access that online then? Um, you can Google Gateway to Oklahoma History. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And um, you'll find community. It's the, the Pubco collection, there are about 1.2 million images, and they're mostly, gel- they're all gelatin silver prints. Mm-hmm. But they are, um, okay, most of them, not all, but, um, <laughs> but they are, um, it's the most comprehensive collection as far as people and events and communities um history um of oklahoma well then let's plug the the oklahoma history center that's where your offices are is at the oklahoma Uh history center right Right. with the big airplane in the with the big airplane who's airplane that's wiley post airplane it's a replica it's a replica of it yeah but the oklahoma history center it's over there on 23rd right behind the governor's mansion um if you've never been there before you need to go check it out it's a really awesome museum. And come to the photo archives because I love showing it off too. So somebody can come to the museum and come visit you in the photo yeah. archives. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Go go to the Columbus History Center. Go see Rachel. Uh huh. <laughs> Check out some old photos. So you're doing um, a lecture series. You've got one more left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it's the third week of November, and it's Jim Tolbert. Um, from six to seven p.m. at the Hart Building in Film Row. It's that Wednesday, the 25th. Sorry. Yeah, it's on Urban Renewal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something else in the Hart Building, still on display there, is the I Am Pay model. Yes. Did you discover that? Did you you find that in a basement of the Oklahoma History Center? It's technically the the possession of the Oklahoma City County Historical Society, which is Oklahoma City-based. And... I had heard a rumor about it. So had it been model. forgotten? Just kind of forgotten and its existence was... Bill, my my boss at the time, Bill Welge, knew. But he didn't know that there was the interest in it that there was. And, and the mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. people had talked about this model, but no one had seen it. Tell us a little so bit about it. How did you question. find it? Um, well... Well, it's not small. Yeah. It is not small. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I um, what is this crate here in the middle of the basement? <laughs> Three crates. Three crates. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I knew that it would tell um, part of the story of urban renewal um, that began with the Hillerman photos, mm-hmm. and I wanted to learn more about that story. And so I told my boss. I said, Bill, um, what what is this about? I am pay and about his model. Is there? Is there a model? Was there a model? And he said, well, yeah, we, this group owns it. 
and um, it's in the stored in the basement of the first national building. Um, and so we have it in crates under there and three crates and it's it was created by the Smithsonian. Wow. So it's yeah, we can't move it too many times yeah. though because it's it's so old. It was built in 1964. So um, we're kind of talking about a permanent space for it and it needs one. We know it's yeah. we know it's time. And with all the great one. lighting work that is, who did the lighting work? The new lighting work that's inside of it. Um. Oh shoot! He's know, brand we, new. We, He's brand new. Um, but I highly recommend him. Because <laughs> <laughs> we went to the we went. Um, I can't remember what it was we went to. It was the proven. Was the it's proven electric. Proven electric. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because he was discussed at great length. It was the, we went the up to public look at it. opening of the it. public opening yes. of the I and Pay plan. Yes. Yeah, and he busted his butt to to get that as much of that done as he could. Originally, it was neon under there. Oh, was it really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So then this, so I am Pay, famous architect, mm-hmm. uh, was basically hired by Oklahoma City in was the fifties. Was um, it the nineteen fifties? Yeah, okay. yeah. To kind of come up with this vision of the future for Oklahoma City and urban renewal. And this model is sort of his plan and conceptualization of what Oklahoma right. City might look like under his idea of urban renewal. Right. Well, and I actually and it's heard amazing. an interesting element of this that I hadn't heard before that I am pay, and if you know this better, because I'm going to misquote this probably, part of his thought process behind that was at the time, he was like, we've reached, Oklahoma City has reached the maximum capacity of public transit that will ever occur here. So as we go forward into the future, it needs to be centered around automobile transit because we will never increase capacity of public transit in the city. And so that's why a lot of what you see in that model, I guess like the big shopping center mall they're going to put down there and all of these additional parking structures were because in the design, they didn't anticipate they couldn't see that we would ever increase public transit so we had to accommodate this new interesting individualized transit which i thought was just really interesting when i heard that i was like that's that actually adds a, a different element to the thing that i hadn't thought about before you know one thing that i learned i'm always learning something new about it but um ron norick said last time that um there wasn't money for the actual um urban re- like the rebuilding mm-hmm. afterwards there was only the money to to tear to down to buildings. tear down yeah <laughs> that's great so, so, it so was they didn't never, know where that money was going to come from yeah. they didn't plan on that it was never realized well then it shouldn't have been it should be no surprise to us that right. nothing got built out of that like i mean i guess maybe a couple of things popped up but uh-huh. they, i mean that's one of the things we hear still today is that there are still empty lots in the city that are empty because they tore something down mm-hmm and just nothing ever came back. I mean, that was Film Row prior to 10 years ago or 15 years ago or whenever that whole area started to be sort of picked back up and restored. And Pay planned on it um, eliminating Film Row as well. And we didn't know that until after we pulled out the model. So that's one of the interesting things when you're looking at the model. We were just, you know, a second ago talking about pulling out these old archived photos and looking at buildings that don't exist anymore you can come look at this model and kind of see buildings that could have existed but never did Mm -hmm. so it's it's weird looking at it's like this alternative oklahoma city that you're looking at in this model it's oklahoma city that never was um and uh, if you haven't seen the model yet it's 
prominently displayed on the second floor mm-hmm. in the Hart Building mm-hmm. down there on Sheridan. Well, I think somebody pointed out at that <clears throat> opening that if the IM pay plan had been carried out, he said the building we're in right now would no longer exist. Right. And now yeah. the model is in the building that yeah. <laughs> yeah. the plan called for its destruction. And we were talking in the previous episode about sort of ignoring history and even now we're talking about it the thing about film row to me that blows my mind that we'd even consider tearing it down ever is there's a history of film in oklahoma city i mean i found this out through listening to bradley wind give this history of film row and finding out that you know at one time oklahoma city was like literally the hub of cinema transit because at the time when distribution yeah. when film came the thing they were all obviously it was analog film reels and they were all moved by train, and Oklahoma City was the intersection of the rail lines. And so when they were moving films from New York to L.A., every single one of them came through Oklahoma City. And so we had these big film exchanges and distribution hubs, and we were like the largest in the country. At one time, pretty much every film came through Oklahoma City. That's why we had Paramount offices. Mm-hmm. That's why we had Universal offices. And to think that we would wipe that history out because oh. we want to put up more parking garages or we need a office building like it's really kind of frustrating and apparently even cable television was invented in Oklahoma oh yeah in Tulsa because there were, I think there were so many um, industry executives that one of them had this idea it's like what if we could show a film but broadcast it to everybody right. in their homes instead of sending them all in because Oklahoma we had all these rural towns so it was like well these people out in Podunk Oklahoma want to watch this movie too but they can't, you know, back in the 20s, it wasn't just, oh, let's get all in the car and drive into the city because right. all we had was a horse or there was one car in the town or whatever. And so they developed the whole process of shooting a film instead of onto a screen into a device that would then turn it into a broadcast signal. And that was like the beginnings of cable television. Hmm. So I knew that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, um, oh, that's, I think that's, Mentioned in Bradley Wynn's book, right? right. Okay, yeah, that's, that's how I heard book. that story. Okay, I, yeah, yeah. I went to his downtown OKC talk last year, and he was giving the history of Film Row, and I was just like, I didn't know yeah. any of this. Like, <laughs> oh, so there's okay, so there's another great outlet for people to go and and look at some of these old photos and some of this history. I think a lot of these books are available at Full Circle Bookstore mm-hmm. over there in Fifty yeah, Pen Bradley's Place. book and Lackmire's book about Bricktown. Mm-hmm. And so. Those mm-hmm. are fantastic books. And there's one by Bill Welge, Oklahoma City Rediscovered, and um, then Lackmire's coming out with another book that I'm kind of helping him with. Oh, so, very cool. Yeah. Well, what, give us some more interesting things that you've come across or that you kind of remember that sticks with you in coming through all these photos. Oh, gosh. Just to put you on the so spot. Many. It just seems, it, it seems like every week there's something new. Um, like last week I got a request from Al Jazeera. Um, oh, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, and that's just, that's, special to me we get stuff in from the uk or you know different parts of the world um chicago like you remember cobblestone magazine when you were a kid no you don't remember cobblestone was that something like like that kind of yeah so we um we did something for them and we're we've always got we're working with people not just locally but everywhere like what Um, was al jazeera requesting like what did they what did they want um i think well, one of the photos was um, they wanted oil wells outside the Capitol building. Oh, okay. And see, back then there are oil wells everywhere, right, yeah. like all over the landscape, I've and especially in that area. It's mind blowing. Yeah, just an Solid, oil well yeah. in someone's backyard. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And the ones in front of the Capitol, I mean, there's just like, the, there was like a forest of oil. Like, yeah. There were just so many. <laughs> all the, it's all the, mind blowing. All the pump jacks everywhere, basically, around, <laughs> is that what they're called? Pump jacks? The, no, no, this no, was the actual, actual oh, like well, the derricks. Yeah. The derricks. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. And then also, another thing we did was um, the uh, um, Ken Burns. The Dust Bowl. Oh, yeah. And then we just uh, sent them a couple of photos for, for a documentary they're doing on Jackie Robinson. So. Now, Jackie Robinson, the baseball, baseball player? Yes. But I don't <laughs> you can tell that so much. I know about and sometimes sports people history. will send, send in requests. And um, Mix was the most baffling to me because it was like all these different elements. And I'd find these photos and I thought, how on earth are these connected to anything? That's you what know? he was working on, the boom, the bust, and the bomb. Yes. Yeah. And um, it's so neat to see how it comes out. And then you learn the story. Uh. You see your photos, and you mm-hmm. see how everything connects. You see how people tell the story with using these photos. Well, yeah. that was a, one of the interesting stories that came up um, from the I M Pay model. Um, of course, we'd have to you know bring this up is that on the I M Pay model on Fifth Street in downtown Oklahoma City, he has I M Pay had envisioned a reflecting pool on this one certain part on on Fifth Street, yes. which turns out to you know be where the Murrah building used to stand. So, you know, we have now a reflecting pool that sits where Fifth Street used to be. He had envisioned a reflecting pool kind of just a few feet north of that where the building used to stand. And this was before the Murrah building had ever even been built. Mm -hmm. So that's a really weird sort of, I don't know, eerie connection to Mm -hmm. to kind of make when you're looking at you know, where we are now as a city and what his vision was. And that yeah. sort of lines up in this really eerie kind it's of really odd way. Yeah. So that's one of the cool things, I guess, that you can see when looking at history and putting all that stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating. And that was something too, that, um, that when we pulled the model out that we didn't know, um, like right. Steve Lackmire, who knows so much about the history of downtown Oklahoma mm-hmm. City, he didn't know that, and that's the first that anyone who first had noticed ever it. Known. Like, who was the first person to like notice that and bring it up and be like, "What's going on here?" I don't there. remember. It was one of us. There are a few. A f- there was a small group of us mm-hmm. there when we pulled it out, and we just investigated it. And this News Nine even did a story on it, right? Yeah, yeah. Rusty Surratt yeah. came and interviewed um, Hans Bootser and I. Who's Hans or, Bootser? Um, he was our um, like our architect spokesperson okay. at the time. Yeah, he did the um, um, him and his wife did the uh, memorial. Oh, they did won they really? the memorial. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I remember that okay. name. Now. He was the architect that designed yeah. the Oklahoma City Memorial. Yes. Wow. The chairs. Yeah. That's very fitting. That's kind of creepy. That made it a little yeah. bit out of here. Weird. Just kind of got a cold chill. <laughs> That's, wow, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you need to go to the Heart Building and check out the, the Iron Pay model. I just need to find more ways to share, too. Like, That's I what want, I'm thinking. I just it's constantly want to share with people. Yeah. And I, I want people to have the same moments that I do when they see these photos. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I mean, like you're saying, even watching, you know, Mick, Mick Cornette's movie, it, like you're saying, it was interesting to see how he took all of this stuff across the decades and sort of made this storyline out of it. And even watching it, I was like, I feel like there's like 
this is maybe 5% of the story mm-hmm. that I'm getting here. Yes. Like there's so much more behind all this. Obviously he can't go into all of it in a hour and a half documentary right. and he had a, an overall vision. But I think he even said at one time that when he, made the original cut of that movie it was something like like it was three hours three hours yeah, long. <laughs> and he's most of the, like the last months of production were spent like trimming just out trimming it out just to get it into a, a block but yeah i mean i think that's interesting. do you see have you thought about like do you ever look at pictures and see something like in my head what's jumping out at me right now is like i think the first picture i ever saw of the biltmore hotel was the picture of it being imploded really yeah i think that that was the first time i ever and then I was like, wait, what is this building that's being torn down? Then I went and looked at the picture. I was like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And like, mm-hmm. do you ever, to me, watching, you know, Hotel Black and the Motor Hotel yes. come down, like, I had this sort of weird deja vu of like, look, here we are again, yeah. 40, 50 years itself. later or whatever. Yeah. And we're, we're doing the same thing. And why are we doing it? And And especially for it to be done across the street from the hole that was Stage Center, it's like, yeah. Oh, you just where, at what point do we look at this and say, let's you know, let's, there's a saying about learning about your history and so you don't repeat the same mistakes. And I feel like that's part of our story is that maybe we, just we haven't can, always learned that. We have not stopped tearing stuff down. We just keep tearing stuff down and leaving these gaping scars in downtown. And people don't people don't know the story. Most people who were there where where I was um, at the implosions they were there to see an explosion yeah something cool you know and they just had no inkling of of the past you know what these buildings were they they didn't understand and so and i don't know i i mean i'm just dying to share and i'm dying to get this you know the uniqueness um in our architectural history I'm trying to get that out there and share it with people so that we don't make the same mistakes twice. And I'm not saying that that was a mistake to destroy those buildings. Sure. I can't say that, but um, I just want people to be aware. Most I mean, there's, of all. there is definitely a point at which a building can become unrecoverable, regardless of how perfect and beautiful it is. I mean, there's, you know, 200 years from now or so, the Devon Tower is going to be a dilapidated pile of junk, probably, and somebody's going to want to tear it down. Even though now it might be this shining beacon of prosperity true, in true. the city, it's eventually it's going to be something that's not. I mean, so you can't save everything, and there mm-hmm. might be reasons, but it does make you. But you can save its history. You can save its past and right. tell its story. And before we tear it down, let's make sure we know what we're doing and what's. And going that we there. have the money to put something back there, right? Because <laughs> otherwise, we end up with the same history of urban renewal where. We had a plan to tear something down, but we didn't have a plan to build something back. You know, and like you said, one of the things about our renewal is there was no money to rebuild. There was only money to demolish. And that's, I think, a very valuable lesson we can learn now is, okay, you want to build something new and pretty in this place where there's this history. So before we destroy the history, let's make sure the money's there to build so that we don't end up with a hole in the ground. And then let's go through a few steps to preserve that history the best we can. You know, when we found out it was the hotel black was coming down, myself and another colleague sought out to go and try to document the building in the area as much as we could, um, including the implosion. And mm-hmm. I think that it's an, it was an oversight by a lot of people. Like nobody, you don't see that happening before we were tearing this stuff down. Like with stage center, like, man, we should have had 
all of these photographers and people out there documenting every angle and aspect of it and made sure we had copies of the blueprints in archive and make sure, you know, let's get some people out there to 3D scan the property and all that. Like, so that way, at least if it's gone, we can always go back and say, right. we did have this at one time. And in a lot of cases, that's all we have left are the photos. Yep. And that's why it, it, these photos are so important too. And I think another thing with... Um, the buildings, um, the destruction, is that we have people coming in from outside who don't share our our pride mm-hmm. and the pride that we have for our history that's expressed in our architecture. Um, so it's it's outsiders right. in some cases. So well, whenever you're you're going through a lot of these photos too, uh, do you ever find yourself needing resources to figure out? Okay, what am I looking at here? Like, if, if there's nothing that's inscribed telling you what the photograph is, like, how do you find out, well, what is this building? Or, you Have know, you ever used social media to try to find out yes, what something was? And did yeah. it work? Yes, it does. And there are people oh, yeah. out there who are... Who, I've watched those exchanges take place between, like, you and Lackmire and yes. Will Hilder. Um, yeah, Will Hyder. Hyder. Yeah, and um, he always knows. Like, he remembers everything. Wow. And... Um, yeah, and he'll point out buildings that I never even knew existed that we don't really have photos on. And then I might come across and I'll say, that's what he was talking about. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those group things where, you know, if I don't know, then other people will know. Or if I can point it out and say, this is so cool. And I'm, I think that that's probably something that I was going to say this a second ago. Like you mentioned the community, like having this community that is interested in the history helps preserve it because then you can tap those resources. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think one advantage we have now is we have some developers here who are here they're they're local like you know people like chip fudge who you know Mm -hmm. did things like film row and now the the pivot project who's buying up like half the city and (laughs) you watch what they're doing and how it's because they're here they live here so when they buy these properties and they renovate them they want them to be part of their community and preserve that stuff Mm -hmm. so i think we're lucky in that we have some of those type like-minded mm-hmm. people who are like, no, let's let's do something really cool with what we have and save the history and make it yeah. part of our future. Yeah. Versus, we'll just tear it down and put up a glass box and not that there's anything wrong with glass boxes, but not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> well, there you know, there actually I saw an article the other day that was talking. It was I think it may have been in the. Uh, what's the UK the Telegraph or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was talking about how the UK specifically London had saw this surge of glass buildings there was even this whole controversy a few years ago about one of the buildings it was melting cars basically it turned into a giant magnifying lens and it was literally melting cars (laughs) because when the sun hit it it would just shoot this like death ray across a parking lot and people would come out and their dashboards would be melted and like I think some cars even caught fire but the point of the article was like it was an architect and he was sort of like, I guess like an op-ed type thing. He was like the, the era of building glass buildings is over. They're horribly inefficient. They're there's a million of them. So they're no longer interesting and architecturally significant. And we can do more interesting things now with sustainable concepts and these buildings now where they're basically shelling them in, in gardens. And so the outside of the building is growing and it's shading the inside and providing, you know, so there's that's like, cool. It was sort of this call to like architects, like stop building these glass yeah. buildings. Like there are better materials that are cheaper, more efficient. 
and more interesting. Like you don't have to just build a glass box anymore. Like, well, good. That's, that sounds like some good progress then in terms of thinking about the future and having forethought and or foresight and and uh, making something maybe a little more sustainable. So for right now, generations. is there a website that someone can go to, like the Oklahoma Historical Society website, just to see some of this information or get access? You said you can Google the Gateway. Gateway to Oklahoma History. That's for the Pubco collection. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that leads right back around to us, but our website is okhistory.org, and photos are in the research division. Well, I guess what most people yeah. don't think, it never crossed my mind that if I were to, you know, let's say go visit my grandparents and I'm in their garage and I find a box of old photos, it, I don't know if it would cross my mind to say maybe the Oklahoma Historical Center would be interested in these. So that's what I, mean, I want to get out there, too. Is put out a too. call to people, say, if you have photos, please bring them. You know, we would like to add them to the to the records. And don't just take a picture of them with your iPhone. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> or a photocopy. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's why I want us to be... Um, I want people to know about us too and like you know people like our age who are interested in that stuff um, to have this awareness so we can say you know let's pass this on mm-hmm. yeah whenever whenever you came into your position were you were you kind of were you kind of handed down some kind of prior archive that people had been working on um, or did you just kind of come across a big stack of stuff and you just started doing your own initial documentation the structure was already there and it started with um my predecessor and he worked there since about 92 okay so he kind of had things set up already which was um it was helpful to have that framework but and now we have so many we have i i didn't mention this but we also have the um oklahoma uh, journal photo morgue Oh. And that's the rival newspaper to the Oklahomans, so we also have... The Journal um, Record? No, we also have the Journal Record, though, as well. So there was a rival to the Daily Oklahoman called The Journal? No, the, the Oklahoma Journal. The Oklahoma Journal. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's another photo morgue that we're working wow. on right now, so... What's a, what's a photo morgue? Um, the newspaper's uh, photos. They refer to that as a photo that's an morgue? interesting way to refer mm-hmm. to it. Well, I didn't know that either. No. Oh, so we have, yeah. You know, there's the Oklahoman's Photo Morgue and then the Oklahoma Journal. Right, and then we okay. also have the Miami Herald and okay. uh, a couple other places. But Fantastic. Yeah. So Oklahoma right. History, o- what was the website again? OKHistory.org. OKHistory.org, and you're at R underscore E-L-I-V-A-B-U-S. Yes. And there's one more lecture series coming on. The third week of november so well rachel thank you so much for for being yes. here this well, been a thank pleasure. you Absolutely i love talking awesome. about this stuff yeah, let's get the words yeah. too yeah so check it out let's go learn some history thank you thank you you've been listening to the wafty show with Stephen, aaron and john as always we need to thank joshua path for the use of our theme song cement truck off the album between heaven and jonestown recorded by the magnificent kurt pr kurt's awesome that is available on itunes cd baby and anywhere the internet can be found remember as you go out to visit our local places and events make sure you take care of those who take care of you tip your waiters waitresses bartenders musicians and artists they're out there working hard for you one of our favorite adventures is the escape okc Wafty listeners get an exclusive discount when they use the coupon code listen to wafty That's listen the number two W-A-F-T-I. Visit theescapeokc.com and book your room now. 
You can help us continue our urban adventures by going to our website, www.waftyshow.com, and clicking on Support Us, where you will find a variety of ways to contribute, including becoming a Wafty Knight, which will grant you access to our exclusive content. We come out with a new episode every Monday. You can find us on iTunes by searching We Apologize for the Inconvenience, where you can subscribe, rate, and comment. We're on SoundCloud.com slash Wafty Show. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wafty Show, Facebook.com slash Wafty Show, and of course, www.waftyshow.com. We'll, we'll see, see you next week. week. Woo! You get the whiskey, baby. I'll get the wine.